good afternoon, everyone. I'd like to welcome all to our PO Leadership Snippet webcast this afternoon as we speak with Martin Perlmuter, the owner and president of Speaker Spotlight. Each week, we are going out there to share some of our member stories with you. Short, brief, off the conversation, basically some short, brief conversations inspire you and help you engage in the upcoming week. Our intentions are to see if we can get you off on the right foot with an inspirational message, story, and or sort of think outside of the box. Uh, we know life will be very different when we all emerge out of this crisis. And I really want to get you thinking about what does that look like later on and sort of beyond the next few months if possible. So Martin's been a member of PO for, I think it's 10 years, Martin, maybe more. I have no idea. Um, he's been a huge contributor both to his advisory board. I've been lucky to sit in that group once in a while. And of course, the whole PO leadership community. Uh, you know all about the conferences that we hold in November, and I know a lot of you really enjoy it and it's of tremendous value to you. I can honestly say that Martin's sort of the brain power a lot of the times and sort of upping our game each year and helping us select the speakers um, that we feature and that you guys get to hear at that conference every year. So I was thinking, let's just jump into this, Martin. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, and um, I thought one way to start is take us back to the day you sort of got into this journey at Speaker Spotlight. Just walk us a little through it. Yeah, so this goes back 25 years, actually, almost exactly 25 years. And um, I was a lawyer, so I finished law school and I articled and was hired back at a large Bay Street law firm. And uh, to say the least, I wasn't loving it. Uh, I knew that uh, this wasn't the life for me. And um, my wife, Farrah, we had just gotten married, actually. And uh, her uncle approached her about uh, helping him market some of his seminars and, and workshops that he was doing. Uh, Farrah's background was marketing and PR, and she was working at a small marketing agency. So that's how we sort of stumbled into this business. And we started doing some research into the industry and decided that we were just going to take an entrepreneurial leap of faith. So basically, within a couple of months, we, we got married, we quit our jobs, we moved, and we started a business together. So if you ever look at the list of most stressful things in life, things like change of uh, relationship status, change of uh, job status, and uh, moving are probably three of the most stressful things. So we just got them all over uh, at once, basically. And we started the business out of a spare bedroom in our apartment. We, we didn't have any speakers. We didn't have any clients. We didn't have any experience or contacts in the industry. But we, we had done some research, and we had a pretty good sense of what we wanted to accomplish. We just didn't know how to get there. So we just uh, put our heads down, and uh, that's how it began. Wow. Well, it's actually, so you got lots of experience in going through this social distancing now and you know, with your life. Well, the irony is 25 years almost to the day. It'll be next month will be our 25th wedding anniversary in June and, and, and uh, in May it'll be a 25th anniversary of starting the company. And yeah, we were working from home. It's a little different now. We've got an amazing team. We've got 35 people uh, on staff working all remotely, of course, now, both in, in, in the Toronto area as well as in Calgary. Uh, and we've got an amazing roster of speakers. So it's a little bit different, but in some weird ways, it's kind of like uh, weirdly similar to how it all started working from home and uh, yeah, sort of uh, working in a little bit of a bubble. So I, I know husband and wives are sometimes running a business is really difficult, but if you've thought about the last 25, what's been the most enjoyable part of working with her? You know, it's been good for us because we started working together very early on in our relationship. We kind of don't know any other way. If we had both had, you know, careers and, and spent, you know, 10 or 15 years doing different things and then started working together, it may have been more difficult. So our, our personal relationship has really grown uh, as, as a, 
you know, along with our, our sort of business relationship. Um, you know, the key thing for us is just kind of separating work from home and, and uh, you know, remembering that first and foremost, we're, we're you know, a couple, we're parents, and, uh, you know, that takes precedence over anything. So, you know, if we have disagreements at work, we just sort of figure those out and leave them at work. But, um, you know, just being able to relate to one another, talk to each other about exciting opportunities ahead or the challenges that we might be facing that's been, you know, a real blessing in a way uh, because, you know, we can really relate to what each other are going through work-wise. Um, but having said all that, you know, we've had lots of friends ask us about working together, couples thinking about doing it. Usually our advice is don't do it. Um, <laughs> it probably wouldn't work for 90 or 95% of couples, but um, if it does, it's, 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 a, it's a great thing. And for us, we have very complementary skills. We have different skill sets. So I think that, that that helps we sort of have a clear division of labor and we try to stay out of each other's out of each other's lanes as much as possible. Well, that's great. So I, I know I, I send you once in a while I get these calls uh, from these aspiring speakers from our members who want to be these aspiring speakers. Sure. And I know they don't all turn out to be the speakers. They all dream that they're going to be a speaker one day. But there are times I, I know you have some incredible stories where you have actually found some raw talent. And you've really helped them sort of blossom into phenomenal speakers. Can you share a story of how, how you've done that? Or? Yeah, I mean, it, there's a couple. I mean, one, one of the sort of lucky breaks, if you will, that we, we had, um, it was uh, about 12 years ago, I got a call from someone I knew who said that a guy that he knew wasn't even a friend, but somebody knew was writing a book and was a really good speaker and wanted to talk about uh, looking and getting representation. And, uh, you know, if I had a, uh, you know, a dollar for every call like that I, I, I uh, got, and I'd, I'd have a few hundred dollars in the bank. Uh, but uh, it happens a lot. But I said, sure, you know, I'll, I'll spend some time with them on the phone. And so we had a chat. I thought it was going to be a 10 or 15 minute quick conversation, and that would be the end of it. And about an hour and a half later, we were still on the phone, and my brain was sort of exploding. Like he, this person had crystallized 10 or 15 years of thinking in, in an hour and a half. And uh, so that person was Simon Sinek, and he was just on the uh, verge of publishing Start With Why, his first book, and doing his first TED Talk. And we just hit it off. And so we, we sort of, you know, I told him, look, I don't know where this is going, but we would love to work with you. And uh, um, it was, uh, you know, it's not like we discovered him. He was already speaking and, and, and doing that, but he wasn't well established, certainly not in the way that he is now. And we were fortunate that, um, that we, you know, we hit it off. We really connected on a personal level. Most of the conversation was actually more just, philosophy and it wasn't about business or you know the speaking industry and uh and we still have a great relationship and friendship with simon you know all these years later and and his speaking career has really obviously taken off we don't take a ton of credit for that i think it was a phenomenon i think it probably was going to happen with or without us but we you know been able to be part of that journey with him help you know along the way and and uh you know just uh you know really you know, see how someone who has nothing more than really an idea, because when he started, he, he didn't have a PR, you know, person behind him. It was really just a really great idea he had. And um, it, uh, it really took off more than I think anyone could have imagined. So that, that's one story that comes to mind. And, uh, you know, well, that's it's, a been, story. I mean, it's been a fun journey. Yeah. I yeah. always, you know, I'm a big music fan. And I always say, I don't want to be the Dick Rowe of the speaking business. So Dick Rowe's the guy who said no to the Beatles. Right. So I don't want to be that guy who, you know, had, the next Malcolm Gladwell or Simon Sinek sitting in my office, across from me in my office and going, no, I, I just don't think this tipping point thing is going to tip. I don't see it. And then, you know, seeing it take off. So 
Fortunately, we haven't had that happen, but it's tricky because you get approached by, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people every year. And you unfortunately you have to say no to 99% of them. And you just hope that you don't say no to the next, the next big thing on the, on the speaker circuit. Yeah. It's funny. Just on another talk, every year I come to your, your holiday party in December, right? I walk in those doors. It is absolutely a fantastic party. Like it's so vibrant. You got a young crowd there. You got, I don't know, 25 employees today. They're all young, inspired, so engaged. I know you guys are going through difficult times today. Um, how are you guys handling it? Like keeping that culture? It was just, you really do have an incredible culture there when you, when you walk. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, right now, you know, the first thing we basically said to everybody is that our priority that we're going to get through this. First of all, it's, it's tough on every business. It's particularly tough uh, on anyone in the events related industry, all of our clients events for March, April, May, June, and foreseeable future are, at this point canceled and and some cases postponed or rescheduled, but it's been a huge, huge blow. But basically the first thing we said is look like we're going to get through this and we're going to do everything we can get through everything we can do to get through it together. And um, so that was the first thing that we said is like, we're, we're not going to uh, lay anyone off unless we absolutely have to, that's our last resort. And so we really wanted to try to take some of the fear away from people at the beginning and just let them know that we've got their back. We can't guarantee that we can keep everybody employed. Depends how long this thing goes. Depends on how how bad it gets. But you know, right now we're what five five weeks into it. Uh, the team is intact. They've never been more uh, engaged, and it's incredible to see that the just everyone coming together and stepping up and um, just looking for ways that they can contribute. And um, you know, it's it's tough going, but I think that um, you know, I think that they they trust us. I, I hope they do. And we believe in them and uh, we think we have a path forward out of this and, and we, you know, we'll see where it all goes, but uh, it's, um, it's a scary time and also an exciting time uh, because I think there are new opportunities that can come out of this and we're going to need our team uh, to, to be able to capitalize on that during and on the other side of, of all of this. I know you, because uh, I heard you talk a little bit about it, but in terms of directionally changing or shifting gears now because of everything that's going on. You mm-hmm. talked about now the virtual element, right? You know, yeah. we don't want us will go and retooling the business a little bit uh, around that. So maybe tell us a little bit more and uh, the type of activities that you think you're going to engage in. I know a lot of members um, have used you guys, right? In terms mm-hmm. of from a conference perspective, right. how can they use you now? Like from a training or a virtual perspective? Yeah, well, I think what's happening is, you know, at this point, at first, I think people thought this might just last a few months. And now I think people are seeing that, that because of social distancing and so forth, there may not be large scale events for at least six months, maybe 12 months, maybe even longer. Um, Yesterday, Microsoft announced that they're not going to do any in-person events until July of 2021. And there's different reasons I think they're doing that. But um, it's, you know, it's, it's, I think made a lot of people realize that events may not be coming back as quickly as people uh, may have thought at first. Having said that, you know, companies still exist, associations still exist, they have people, employees that are working, and they need to look after their people, if not just as much, if not more than ever before. So to me, you know, providing education and inspiration and tools to people to help get through this time and not just survive, but hopefully thrive, um, is, it's more, more needed than ever. So it's just that the platforms change. So we're fortunate in the sense that you know, we've never defined our business as 
you know, we're not slot fillers. We don't want to be seen as like, if you have an hour slot at a conference, we can put someone on that stage for an hour. For us, it's always been about behavior change, about helping our clients, you know, either uh, deal with uh, challenges that they may be having in their businesses and how uh, their people may be able to better deal with it or capitalize on opportunities or just affect some type of behavior change that they're looking for in their people. So, so really the only thing that's changed in a sense is just how speakers are going to get their messages across, uh, you know, to audiences. And, um, and so we're starting to see, uh, it's early days, but we're starting to see more and more of an appetite for this. We've already had a number of, uh, of, of uh, new pieces of business, virtually virtual keynotes, webinars, that sort of thing. Uh, and uh, it's looking, it's looking promising. So it's certainly not going to replace all the lost revenue that we've seen over the last little while. But I do believe that coming out of this, even when things do return to normal, whatever that next normal is going to look like, that the virtual aspect of presentations may stay and we may see a combination of both live events and more virtual. And the virtual has been around for a while. It's not like this is new. We've I think we booked our first virtual uh, keynote in 2008. So this goes way back, back, you know, 12 years. We just didn't see a big appetite and we were so busy just doing live events over the years. We never really explored it that much more, but we've been doing it for, for, you know, a number of years. And now we've just seen a really big increase in demand for, for virtual presentations. Yeah. It it just makes so much sense. I I think I was on a call today with Arden O'Connor, who's, sort of a mental health specialist. And she was talking about the importance today of just keeping, even though we're all working remotely, some people even have been laid off and you hope to bring them back, just the connectivity. And, and I think about even bringing these companies together and those that are you know, furloughed or not and opening with somebody who's inspirational for 30 minutes and then engaging them, just yeah. ongoing communication. I, I can't see how people, companies can go wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, as you know, it looks bad. The unemployment numbers are, are are pretty awful, and it's terrible for anybody who's lost a job or has a you know friend or family member who has. But you know, the reality is, even if employment gets to twenty percent, let's say, which would be a, a huge number, there's still eighty percent of the workforce employed, and so you know, companies and organizations are going to have to look after those people, and um, and they're just going to have to find different ways to do it. So, you know, I think that if there's a silver lining in all that, it's that you know people are learning in new ways and, and figuring out different ways to learn and get information and not just information, but, you know, inspiration. And we've already, you know, the, the virtual presentations we've done so far, the feedback has been incredible. We just got an email uh, just about a half an hour, an hour before this chat um, from a client who had a speaker yesterday on a webinar and it was over the top, like the success rate on it was incredible. And they want, are already excited to do another one. They, you know, went better than they thought it could. And it's cost effective too. I mean, you don't have to, you know, book a hotel, pay for food and beverage and travel and hotel in some cases, you know, you can just, you know, use a, uh, you know, a platform uh, that's rel- relatively inexpensive and be able to get, um, you know, get some, you know, great messages out to people in a relatively inexpensive way. So um, we'll see where it all goes. But, uh, you know, we had, I guess, a couple of choices. One is just to hunker down and try to ride this thing out. And, you know, we've seen some companies in our industry do that, laying off, you know, 40, 50, 60% of their staff in the first few days and just cutting back. And, you know, we decided to take a different approach. Um, You know, we're really putting our people first, trying to protect our employees' jobs as much as as we can. Um, But also not just, you know, doing that, but looking for creative and innovative ways to get through this. And, you know, today I'm I'm optimistic. Uh, 
ask me tomorrow. We'll see how I'm doing. It's like <laughs> everyone, I think it's a bit of a roller coaster and some days and some moments are good and some are tougher, but I, I feel good about the future for sure. I mean, we're going to get through this one way or another. And, uh, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the course that we're taking. Yeah, I know. Both you and Farah have built up just a wonderful reputation in the industry for getting speakers. And, and I've always believed for you guys, it's never, certainly you're representing the speaker and it's about putting the speaker on the stage. But I always felt that you took the client's needs ahead of everything and, and yeah. you guys care. And that's why you got that wonderful reputation and I hear about it. So. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And it's true. I mean, we don't, you know, some, there's some agencies who see the speaker as the client. Um, you know, we see both the speaker and the organization hiring them as a client. It's really both. We can't choose one over the other. It's got to be a three-way partnership. And luckily, you know, the speakers that we work with, um, you know, and part of our criteria in choosing, you know, we're lucky now that we get to choose who to work with. Um, part of it is, you know, speakers who have that client focus mentality that, you know, they're not there for themselves. Some of them, you know, you have to have a healthy ego to get in front of a, you know, get on a stage in front of a large number of people. But, you know, you know the difference between a speaker who's there because they're there to give and to, to serve the client versus speakers who are just there for their own sort of ego gratification. And so, you know, that, that we're fortunate. We've got an amazing group of, of speakers and clients, and that's made getting through this whole time a lot easier because there's been very little issues. Everybody's super flexible and just trying to figure out how we can move through this and, you know, looking at rescheduling dates or moving to virtual platforms or whatever needs to be done. No, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Martin, for your time today and uh, wishing you and the family all the best and the whole organization the best as you go forward. Thanks, Leon. Great to chat with you and I'll look forward to seeing you in person, hopefully sometime soon. <laughs> I know. I hope so. Yeah. Thanks again, Martin. Take care. You too.